Hey, what's up, Propel Church? Pastor Nick here. I am so excited to be with you this weekend at Propel. I don't know where you're watching from, whether you're at church online, you're watching on our YouTube channel, maybe you are in a house party right now, or at one of the other rooms inside of our house. Wherever you are, we want to say welcome. We are so excited that you're here today with us. And if you missed last week, we ended our Pace Problems series, and we also gave you some really exciting news. We have officially found a lender. God has given us the ability to fund our HVAC system, and the people are working on it. We're working with the county, electricians, HVAC people, and I'm going to have some news for you really soon about when we get to regather in person as a church. We're excited for that, but really what I'm excited for is what God has shaped and molded us to be in this season. Not just a church that is in person, but a church that also has an online impact. And online gives us the ability to reach people all around the world. Just a few weeks ago, there were people watching Propel Church from India. It's incredible to see how God is using church online to impact the world, not just Mount Pleasant and the surrounding areas. So super excited for that. And I also want to say, if you are with us for the first time, we would love to connect with you. Do us a favor and go to propel.church slash online there. There's going to be a connect card that you can let us know you are here today. We'd love to say thanks so much for that. Today, I want to deliver a message to you called Unshakable Foundations. Unshakable Foundations. As we look and kind of look at the world and the things around us, we realize that things are a little bit crazy. Things are a little uncertain. And I hope today to deliver some truth from God's Word that gives you and I the ability to not be moved when the world around us is moving. A few months ago, Tori and I were house hunting, and it felt like that process was never going to end. But I remember seeing this one particular house, and I was so excited about it. Have you ever looked at a house? Maybe you've been house hunting before, and you can envision yourself in this place. You're like, I would I would put the couch here and the TV here. Maybe the the this is where my, you know, espresso machine is going to go because we know coffee is from the Lord, right? I don't know if you've ever done that, but I could see myself in this house. There, I was having visions about it. I was so excited. On the inside, it had a great kitchen space, had a great living room, master bedroom with a bath. Come on, somebody. Like, it was perfect. On the outside, the house even looked incredible, but there was one issue. It had a faulty foundation, and at first, I was really excited because I thought, you know, we can get a steep discount for this house. Let's do it. And then I realized, hey, a faulty foundation is actually a bigger issue than it may look like. A faulty foundation could mean that if it's not addressed correctly, you ain't even going to have a house at some point. Faulty foundations are not just something that we see in real life. It's not just something that is an isolated incident with this house. See, a foundation is there to provide stability for the structure. A foundation is there to distribute the height of the structure over a large area to avoid overloading at any point. And when you and I have a faulty foundation in our lives, we are prone to have the lack of stability. 
but also to be consistently overloaded with the things going on in the world around us. I don't know about you, but there's been some points in this season where I've felt a little bit overloaded or overwhelmed by all the things that are going on in the world around us. We need to address the foundation issues that we have so that we can stand firm for God in the middle of the world that we live in. Thankfully, when it comes to the foundation of our lives, Jesus isn't silent on this. He shares a parable with us in Matthew chapter 7. And if you're not familiar with what a parable is, a a parable is a story that Jesus would tell to illustrate what the kingdom of God looks like. See, Jesus is not just coming in as the Savior of the world, but he is coming in as the King of kings. And a king has a kingdom. A kingdom has a way of living. It has an order. It has a process, a systematic way that everything functions. And when Jesus would tell a parable, he would tell it so that the people would get a really clear understanding of who he was and what his kingdom really looked like. So Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, he's been teaching through this thing called the Sermon on the Mount, which is a big collection of talks that gives you and I the ability to really understand what this kingdom looks like. And at the very end, he says this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So hear this, Jesus has been doing this Sermon on the Mount. It's just a few chapters of us, but, but it could have been hours and days long of, of teaching as he's kind of walking them through what this kingdom looks like. And when he gets to the very end in verse 24, he's starting out by saying, hey, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be wise. I think for you and I, we crave wisdom. We want to be wise in what we've heard and and what we've learned, but it's not enough to just hear something. Wisdom is knowledge applied. So what Jesus is telling these people is, hey, you're either going to be like a wise man or you're going to be like a fool. And the, the difference between the two is one operates in wisdom and one just hears a bunch of things and does nothing with it. One person hears the words that I'm saying, they hear the things that I'm teaching, and they put them into practice. That person is a wise person. But the other person hears my words They hear me talk. They're they're hearing the good news of of what I'm doing. They're hearing the way that I treat people. They're hearing the way that I live. But they don't do anything with it. And that person is a fool. Because when the storms come, one or two options are going to happen. Either that person has a solid foundation because it's been built on the rock and they've been doing what I've been telling them. Or when the storm comes, their house is is going to crumble because it has the wrong foundation. 
Psalm 111 verse 10 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when it says fear here, it's not this fear like you and I think of oftentimes when we think of fear. Like for me, I am deathly afraid of spiders. And and I know what some of y'all are thinking. You're thinking, oh, next time I see pastor, I'm going to bring a spider and I'm going to throw it at him. I'm just saying... Pre-Jesus Nick may come out, right? Like, I, I, I take no responsibility for the throat punch you may receive. I'm just kidding. We are responsible for our actions. However, I am deathly terrified of spiders, and you you can even see it. It's on YouTube right now. You just go, pastor attacked by spider during Bible study. It's there, right? Because I'm I'm deathly afraid of spiders. That's not what this is. Some of us live in, that's unhealthy fear. Some of us live in unhealthy fear of God. This is not a fear of God will throw lightning bolts at you or if you don't do what he says then ultimately you'll be smited or there won't be favor or blessing on your life. That's the wrong kind of fear. This fear is a reverence, it's a respect, it's an honor. So it says as we honor the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom and all those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. In your Bible right now, I want you to circle that word practice. Because really what Jesus is trying to do when it comes to our foundation is let us know that we don't have a hearing problem. We have a doing problem. That we have an issue in our lives in the area of our foundation, which is the very thing that everything else in our life is going to be built upon. The reason why a foundation matters is because if you don't get this right, you don't get anything right. If you don't get the foundation on a good place, the reason why a lot of people have failing marriages is because they have the wrong foundation. The reason why many of us have failing careers and and have consistently struggled with our purpose in life is because we've got the wrong foundation. If you get the foundation right, then everything you build upon it will be solid because it's built on the right foundation foundation. So what Jesus is pushing you and I to is not to the place where we're worried about our foundation all the time, but we know our foundation is solid because our foundation is built on him and him alone. Jesus wants to talk to you and I want to talk to you today about foundation because if we don't get this right, we don't get anything right. If we, if we don't understand who our foundation really is, then we miss out on everything. If you're taking notes today, the first thing, it may be the second or the third thing that you've written down. I don't know at this point. Here's what I want you to write down. Foundations are tested through storms. Foundations are tested through storms. So picture this. Um, I don't know what beach you love, right? Uh, Maybe it's like Oak Island or one of those North Carolina beaches. I've just been to Myrtle Beach probably more than any other beach. So there's two houses sitting on the edge of Myrtle Beach. And in Myrtle Beach, there's one house, and this house has a strong foundation because it's been built on rock. But there's a house directly beside it. And that house, its foundation was built on just the sand. So this hurricane begins to come through, this storm begins to pass through. And as it does, Scripture says what Jesus was teaching us in Matthew 7, that for one person's house, it blew it away. The person whose house was built on the sand, it got destroyed. But the other house 
stood firm. It's never going to be a matter of if storms happen in your life, but when. Most theologians and scholars believe that Jesus is not talking about the end time judgment where you and I will one day stand before God, although that's really important. And Jesus does talk about that later on. What he's talking about here is everyday living. In everyday life, you and I are going to have storms. We're going to have things that come up. We're going to have things that happen in our lives. And we need to make sure that our foundation is accurate, like our foundation is built on the rock. Because COVID didn't bring the wor- COVID didn't create the worst in people. COVID just exposed the worst in people. Storms have a really good way of exposing your foundation. So most people look at COVID and, and COVID was a, a, a global pandemic. It's been a big crisis. I know it's been a heartache and a headache for many of us, but COVID didn't create chaos in your life. COVID just revealed the inner chaos that you already had. Storms do a great job of exposing what you and I have covered up because normally foundations are under the surface and nobody ever sees it. And so what we think is if nobody ever sees the mess that we have going on in our life, then it's okay. We can look good just like that house we saw. It looked good on the outside. It even looked good on the inside. But underneath the surface, the foundation had an issue. And what you and I have to realize is when the storms come is really when our foundation is not just revealed, but our foundation is tested. And if your house isn't built on the right foundation, everything begins to crumble. So let me ask you, how well did your foundation stand up when COVID took place? In a season of pandemics, turmoil, chaos, riots, political turmoil, uh, nationwide division, how well did your house stand up? Because the storms reveal the, the, the stability of your foundation. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. Well, what I'm trying to get at is we can't blame COVID for what it really exposed within us. Some of us have been frustrated with this season and we keep blaming COVID for the the way we're responding to other people, the way we're treating others, the way we're doing it, or we're blaming elections for the way things are happening. No, 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 no. The issue is you and the issue is me. We haven't made sure that our foundation was solidified before a storm ever took place. We have to be people who know that storms are going to happen but that our hope is ultimately in the Lord. I can't control the weather. Here's what I've learned. While we're filming this right now, there's like, you know, there's a hurricane that's coming through. Winds are blowing. We were concerned, like lights may be flickering. I have no control over the weather. We've been trying to get moved out of one house to another, and every time we go to try and move furniture, it's pouring down rain. Okay, I can't control the weather. But you know what I can control? How I respond to the way things are going on around me. You will never be able to control everything that happens in your life, but you do get to choose how you respond. And your foundation determines your response to the things that go on in life. Psalm 18.2 says this, that the Lord is my rock. He's my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. 
I love that passage of scripture because it reinforces what you and I are talking about, about the fact that God is our rock. Our foundation is built on him. And the life of a follower of Jesus is to be a predetermined response that in every season, in every circumstance, in every situation, we respond to it the way Jesus would respond to it. Foundations are important because you're not waiting for the storm to come before you work on your foundation. You're making sure that the house you build on, the foundation that you have, is going to be ready to endure whatever storm comes your way. Paul has an incredible foundation. As we look at Paul's life, Paul is beaten. He's thrown in prison for the gospel. And he's saying, even as I'm being beaten, I'm rejoicing. For I know this hardship and these circumstances are producing in me the character necessary to do all that God has called me to do. I'm not just sitting back and overwhelmed or overcome by the hardships I'm facing, I'm realizing that this pain is actually purpose, that it's fueling what God wants to do in and through my life. I'm not stepping back and every time somebody comes at me or every time hardship comes my way, I'm not responding in bitterness or anger because Jesus is saying, I have the ability in him to love my enemy, to pray for those who persecute me. So now my response is built on a rock instead of my feelings. For some of us, our foundation is in how we feel. And let me just tell you, that's the, that's the crummiest sand you'll ever have. That foundation, the foundation of feelings, is a foundation that's faulty and can't be trusted. How you feel does not determine the truth of a situation in which God has declared. How you feel doesn't really matter when it comes to the truth of God's word. Because how we feel is often something that's used against us. It causes us to make decisions that we would never make before. No, our foundation, if you're taking notes, write this down. Our foundation should be in nothing other than Jesus. The Lord is my rock. He is my fortress. He's my deliverer. He is the one in whom I take refuge in. He is my foundation. My foundation is in him. I love what Ephesians calls Jesus. Ephesians says that Jesus is the cornerstone in which everything else is built around him. If you want to know how to get the foundation of your life in the right place, it's never going to be by focusing on your job more or anything else. It's going to be by focusing on Jesus and making sure that your foundation is built on nothing other than him. If you build your foundation on people, you are not building your foundation on the rock. You are building your foundation on the sand because at some point people are going to fail you and people are going to hurt you. And when they do and the storm comes in, your house falls and a great fall it was is what that passage says. Because if your life is built on anything other than Jesus, it's not a stable foundation. Verse 26 of Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to read it to you again and then I'm going to give you some examples of that. Matthew chapter 7, verse 26 says, And everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't do them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, 
it fell and great was the fall of it. I think for many of our lives, if we look at it right now in this season, we feel like our house has crumbled. Everything is in shambles because maybe we built our our foundation on our job. And in this season of COVID, you lost your job. Hey, I'm sorry, but our foundation can't be in anything other than Jesus. And the best news of all is if your foundation has crumbled and your house has fallen, today's the perfect day for you to place your foundation on the rock and begin to rebuild. Maybe you built your foundation on friends. Again, if you build your foundation on people, you will be disappointed. And when the storm comes, everything will crumble. Maybe you've built your foundation on how the stock market is doing. (laughs) If you looked at Wednesday of this week, you would know, man, your foundation is crumbling. If you've built your foundation on your retirement or your 401k or, or, or your security with money, you are building your house on an unstable foundation. If you're building your house on material things or how people make you feel and, or, or the affirmation you receive from others, the approval of others, the praise of others, you're building your house on an unstable foundation. What Jesus is telling us in this passage is if we want to build our house on the rock, we build it on the truth of Jesus and his word. If we want to build our house and be wise in this life, then what you and I really need to do is make sure that the foundation of our house is built on him and nothing other than him. That's when our foundation is solid. That's when we actually experience the abundant life that Jesus has promised for us. Because no matter what storm comes our way, we know that we have built our house on the rock. And so in this next, these next few moments that we have together, um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to call this uh, hand cramp preaching because you better be ready to take some notes. I'm just going to give you a few as I was sitting back and kind of thinking through what does our foundation really need to be built upon? How do we serve, honor, and love God? How do we make sure that we are building our house on the rock? Here's a few of the foundational things that you and I really need. Number one, that Jesus teaches us to love, pray, and bless our enemies, Matthew 5, 44. See, Jesus teaches in that passage of Scripture that the rest of the world does really well with loving people who love them. That's easy. If you're in the spot right now, even in the political climate that we're in, where the people you love and the people you pray for and the people you serve are just the people who vote like you, let me tell you, you are living just like the rest of the world and you're not living built on the rock, the foundation that Jesus has laid for us. The foundation that's built on Jesus says no matter who hurts me, no matter who comes against me, I have the ability to pray for, to bless and love my enemies. That's what it looks like to build your house on the rock. Jesus teaches us that this world is our temporary home. Philippians 3, chapter 20. That, hey, for followers of Jesus, death is not the end. 
If you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that he died in your place, that he was resurrected on your behalf, in him you have everlasting life, John 3, 16. So in that, what you and I need to know is this life we live right now is a temporary resting place for us. It's a momentary blip in time that you and I get to experience, and yet our experience in heaven is directly correlated to how we choose to live our life. It's not that we're saved by our works, but Ephesians says that we are saved for work to do the good things that he prepared for us long ago. So as we live our days, remember church that this is your temporary resting home and your focus needs to be on heaven. Our focus needs to be on bankrupting hell and impacting heaven. Our focus has to be on making a difference eternally, not temporarily. That's why every mission that we partner with is not just about feeding people because if we feed somebody and they have a full belly but they don't know Jesus, we've missed it. That's a temporary. We have to be people who focus on heaven heaven. Jesus teaches us that in him we are healed. Think about the beauty of that. How great it is to know that God's ultimate end game for you and I is complete and total healing. What Jesus teaches us is that in him healing happens gradually, miraculously, and eternally. I believe that God is still in the healing business today. So when I get a report from a doctor that tells me I have a terminal illness, here's what I know. God can still heal me miraculously like that. He can step in in a moment and what seems humanly impossible is possible for him. God also has the ability to heal me miraculously. Wisdom is knowledge applied. He has granted doctors wisdom to treat me and go through a gradual process of healing. But here's what I also know. If I don't receive healing miraculously or gradually, scripture says that when I get to heaven, I receive a brand new body, six packs in Jesus name. And I know that God's ultimate end game is my healing because Isaiah 53, four through five teaches me that by his stripes, I am healed. So whether it's now, whether it's over a period of time, or when I get to heaven, I know that God's end game for me is healing. So when I get that storm of a doctor's diagnosis, I know that my house is built on a rock because God's end game for my life is healing. You better hit that comment section with an amen because I'm preaching way better than you may be responding. I don't really know how you responded because it's church online. Here's the next thing Jesus teaches us. He teaches us that in him, I'm sorry, Jesus teaches us that everything we have can be used to make an eternal difference in the kingdom of God. John 3, 27. John 3, 27 says that we have received nothing, like everything we have comes from him. So so let me just talk to you about stewardship for a moment. Every resource you have access to is a kingdom resource. Business owner, God didn't give you or entrust you with the business you have for you to just hoard it for yourself. There's a way for you to make a difference in the kingdom of God. 
for every resource. For, for some of you, you've been incredibly blessed financially, but whether you think you're blessed financially or not, every single thing you've been given and entrusted to can be used to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Your house, your properties can be used to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Your gifts should be used to make a difference in the kingdom of God. If you've been gifted with the ability to teach, you ought to be teaching. You ought to be helping. Some of you have been gifted with the, I call it gifted with the blessing of experience. You've gone through some mess in your life. And it's time for you to start using those experiences to help other people meet Jesus, to help other people grow in their relationship with God. And ultimately, you need to be leading a group. You need to be serving. Others of you have been blessed with musical talents. You need to be serving on the worship team, using every single gift you have to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Jesus teaches us to honor one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Hey, look, we live in a world that is absent of honor. But may that not be so with the people who call themselves followers of Jesus. Every word that you speak has the ability to build someone up or tear them down, to point them closer to Jesus or further away from him. You are never not a representative of God. When you said, I decided to follow Jesus from this point forward, everything you do, every way you speak has the ability to point people closer to Jesus or further away from him. May we be known as people of honor that would build each other up, that would encourage one another. When's the last time you took a few minutes to send an encouraging text message, to say something nice? Because you've seen great things in other people's lives, but oftentimes we just keep those things to ourselves. We need to be people of honor. And honor is not just to, to honor one another and building up with words, but honor is to also honor authority that God has placed before us, whether that's local, locally or national authorities. Hey, no matter who our next president is, we're called to honor that person. I know you may not agree with them. I know you may not like their policies or their decisions, but it doesn't change the fact that God has called us to honor and pray for those who are in positions of authority. And your foundation matters more than what the storm around you is going to communicate. So build your foundation, predetermine your response to be a person of honor no matter what. Jesus teaches us that the word of God is our source of truth. I think one of the greatest foundational things that you can do to consistently make sure your foundation is built on the rock and not the sand is to spend time in God's word, to take his word as truth. And whenever I come to the place where I'm reading God's word and I feel like, man, that doesn't sit right with me, here's the conclusion I've come to. I'm wrong. He's right. <laughs> I don't get to just spend time arguing with God on whether or not I think that that's true in here now in 2020 or times have changed, things are different. No, it's his truth. It's his word. And, and I accept it as truth. John 17, 17, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 teaches us that Jesus teaches us that our calling is to make disciples period. Every single follower of Jesus is called to help 
other people become followers of Jesus. No matter what happens in the world around us, no matter if there's another pandemic, no matter if we go back into quarantine, no matter if the president, if the next president is not the one you think ought to be in office, your calling hasn't changed. Our calling is to help other people follow Jesus, to make disciples. No matter what storm comes in, our foundation, we know that the call of our life is to make disciples. A storm doesn't get to change that. That's how we build our life on a solid foundation. If you build your life on a foundation on anything other than Jesus, when the storm comes, your house will crumble. And for some of us, the crumbling that's taken place in our life may not be the entire foundation. It may just be a portion of our foundation. But as your foundation is faulty in one area, know that it affects others as well. So the goal is that the entire foundation of our house would be built on the rock, would be built on Jesus, that we wouldn't be hearers, but we would be doers. And that's the verse I want you to memorize this week. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. I think there's a lot of people who claim to be Christians, who claim to follow Jesus, but in all actuality are fooling themselves because they're hearers but not doers of God's word. And I'm not here today to tell you that being a doer of God's word is easy. What I am here to tell you is that the reward in heaven is greater than anything you may receive temporarily here on earth. Storms are going to come, church. But in Christ, we endure the storm because our foundation is built on him and him alone. Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much today. And for those who are watching this video right now and feel like their foundation is built on anything other than you, God. Maybe they've already accepted you as their Savior, but they're realizing that there's some faults in their foundation. God, would you just reveal those things right now? And if you're in that place, would you just say, hey, today, Jesus, I build my foundation on you. I believe that declaration is powerful. Just continue to say it. Maybe you need to say it more than once to, to convince yourself of it. Today, my foundation is built on you. And Lord, I thank you for those people who are taking those steps to bring all of their foundation to be built on the rock. Lord, we also know that there's some people watching this video right now and you don't have a relationship with Jesus at all. Your entire foundation is built on the sand. Maybe this is the first time you've heard of Jesus and heard of the good news, heard of the ability to live your life in such a way where you can love your enemies and you can pray for those who persecuted you. I want you to know that Jesus Christ loved you. God loved you so much that he would send Jesus to die in your place so that in him you could love your enemies. You could pray for those who persecute you. You could live the rest of your life for him, to honor him. And in death, it wouldn't be the end, but it would be the very beginning. 
If you want to begin to follow Jesus, the only thing that you need to do today is to take that initial step to say, hey, I want to follow Jesus with my life. To confess that Jesus was the full payment of your sins and he died for you. Will you say this with me if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus today? Would you say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.